Welcome to a new episode of Wizards After Dark that I am recording late night following hours of transcribing after a one hour long press conference, which Wizards General Manager Tommy Shepard gave today over Zoom with uh, with a bunch of members of the media. Uh, Daniel Medina, who's also the chief of athlete care and performance, was on there as well. And they talked for 55 minutes and it was weird because it was over Zoom and my Internet cut out a couple of times. But I know that Tommy Shepard said that they're bringing eight coaches because I saw it on Twitter, even though my Internet cut out when he said it. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. So uh, I decided to have on somebody who was also on that conference call, uh, Ben Standig. I was on that call. There were a lot of people on that call, so I appreciate you, uh, for whatever the reason, picking me over the rest of them. I appreciate that. I legit just like closed my eyes and clicked on a name on Zoom, and yours somehow came up, and that was it. I saw some of the names on that call. That's bad luck for you then. I mean, there were some heavy hitters on that call. So, well, <laughs> it's true. Better luck than I could have had Mark Stein if I if I right. really got lucky. That could have been the move, unfortunately. But there were multiple hall, multiple Hall of Famers on that call. Him and Aldridge. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Oh well, that's true. Uh, can we open up with something that had nothing to do with the press conference? If the Nets keep this up right now, they're going to be the Brooklyn Net. There's just going to be one of them, and that's going to be it. So DeAndre Jordan has coronavirus and is not going to Orlando. Spencer Dinwiddie has coronavirus and is maybe not going to Orlando. Kevin Durant is hurt and is not going to Orlando. Kyrie Irving is hurt and is not going to Orlando. Wilson Chandler has chosen not to go to Orlando. And Nicholas Claxton has chosen not to go to Orlando. They all play for the Brooklyn Nets. The Nets do not have a roster. They don't have a roster. And not only do they just not have a lot of people who actually are employed as basketball players for their company, They also, the ones who are out, are the good ones. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Spencer Dinwiddie, maybe. These are good players. Karis LeVert and Joe Harris are like the only two left. The Nets are six up on the Wizards right now. The Wizards have to come within four games of them to force a play-in, which would result in them having to win two straight against the Nets before they lost the game. If they do that, they make the playoffs. So Ben, I'm going to ask you right now off the top. We're avoiding press conferences because we're going to we're going to talk about the the sexy stuff first cuz Tommy Shepard said today. He said today, right? You heard him. Their their goal is to make the playoffs. They 100% want to make the playoffs. That's the organizational goal. Yes, they're not going to get anybody hurt. They're not going to overplay anybody. That that is something they're monitoring and I'm sure they will and I'm sure this is something Tommy has to say, but he said, "We're going to try to make the playoffs." So, Give me the Wizards playoff odds right now, considering the Nets are uh, not exactly a full team. Well, well, help me out here. I have not looked at a Nets roster in a while. So what do they have left? Joe Harris, Kenyon Martin, Richard Jefferson. <laughs> like, what, what are they? What's, what, what is their roster? Do- at this point? Like, I Dr. J. Yeah. Right. Buck, my, my guy, Buck Williams. If we go way back to um, like, like uh, look. I mean, obviously the Wizards, okay, so you're taking Bertans out, and we'll see how much Bradley Beal plays. But if Bradley Beal plays, you know, regular, you know, 30 minutes a game, the Wizards seemingly have a much better roster than what the Nets do. Now, that has nothing to do with the Wizards still have to win games of their own. Uh, But, I mean, yeah, I mean, it feels like the the, the Nets are – 
again, without having their roster in front of me, I don't know how they're going to win any games. Uh, although, admittedly, this whole situation is nuts, and we have no idea how anybody is going to perform, even if you bring out, you know, I, I, I recently wrote about um, some of the uh, old school uh, Washington Redskins teams for uh, an article in The Athletic, and, and the one, one, one situation that I wrote about was uh, when they had the replacement players back in 1987. This was the, the they made the movie off of the, the the replacements with Keanu Reeves off of the Redskins team, and part of the the, the, the story was this: these replacement players went three and zero. They had no nobody come back from the strike. They played Dallas in the last game with Dallas had their starting quarterback, Danny White, Tony Dorsett, Randy White, a bunch of all star players. And the Washington team with a bunch of nobodies beat them. So my only point is that, like, with this whole scenario, I have no idea how anything's going to go. But if you're talking odds, man, you're right. The Wizards' odds of making this seemingly went up a bunch because the Nets are falling apart. Totally. And the guys on the Nets, by the way. So they got they got Joe Harris. They got Karis LeVert. They got Torian Prince. They'll have Garrett Temple. And it's kind of dicey after that. Can I have Jared Allen? Actually, Jared Allen's a good player. I take that back. Uh, okay, I'll take it back. Just based on what you just said, the five guys you said, I, I think they're still as good as the Wizards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, no, Bertans is tough, but Bradley Beal could win you some games, and the Nets could. Okay, the other thing with the Nets, the Nets will get to keep their draft pick if they miss the playoffs, and they'll lose their draft pick if they make it. So the Nets have a little incentive to miss the playoffs here. Like maybe if the Nets are right on the line, maybe Jared Allen sits with a nefarious injury. You know, let me let me ask you this. And maybe the answer is maybe there is no answer or I haven't heard it because I'm not paying as close attention to you. And this is a really sort of nerdy question. But what what's the deal with the money in the sense that do playoff teams like, what's the payout for playoff teams? Like, okay, if if we if there were the real playoffs and and the Wizards somehow were the eighth seed, they would get money for home games. You know, the, you know, fans are sell out crowds, whatever it is. Is there any of that factoring in to this, or is it just just you know whatever? If you make the playoffs, you all get the same kind of money, or no, or or the money's just dispersed around the league equally. The do we know how any of that works? I'm not sure exactly how that's going to work. So the, the reason I bring that up is if that's not an incentive and the only incentive then is, well, to make the playoffs, you know, you can put it on the resume and you can hypothetically have your younger players experience the playoffs. Although I would argue that's that seems borderline nonsense. No home games, no road games, no fans. That, that that's half of what that's most of what the playoff experience is. Plus, who knows what the level of intensity will be, especially that first round, you know, so I, I don't really buy that. So I'm just saying, if I'm the Wizards, what's the ultimate upside here for quote unquote making the playoffs? I would, I would hope that their 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 logic would be, we want the young guys to play. That's most important. But right there, equals that is the real reason to quote unquote make the playoffs. So you would hope that they would also uh, start pulling guys back if the Nets did. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Tommy Shepard did say today when he spoke, he did kind of seem to imply that the Wizards are not going to sit anybody. They're not just going to shut someone down. If you're healthy, you're going to play. I don't know if I completely believe that. 
Like, I think Bradley Beal is going to play because I ask people about it and they tell me Bradley that Bradley Beal is given no indication that he's not going to play. And, uh, and and Tommy Shepard flatly said that today on the call, right? What, I forget exactly how he phrased it. He said something along the lines of no player other than Bertans has given the team any indication that he's going to sit out in Orlando, which means that we should expect everybody other than Bertans to come back and play, except for John Wall, obviously, who's hurt. And he was not going to Orlando at all, which makes perfect sense, by the way. But with with Beal, it's like I expect some kind of monitoring. Maybe in the very beginning, he'll he'll play he'll play minutes. I mean, it kind of depends on what kind of shape he's in, how comfortable he is, having not played basketball for what is it going to be? It's going to be four and a half months. Like this, this makes. It would just make a lot of sense if Bradley Beal maybe, what am I saying? I mean, you know what? I've completely lost my mind. It would make a lot of sense for for Bradley Beal to have some sort of resting plan. And I still anticipate that to be the case, especially if the Wizards come out, they lose their first two games, and all of a sudden, maybe the Nets win their first two, and, and, uh, and Orlando wins their first two, and now all of a sudden... We're talking about a ginormous, unbelievably unlikely run, ginormous comeback and unbelievably unlikely run to the playoffs, right? Like then I anticipate some kind of minutes monitoring, maybe even a resting plan where he sits a game here or there, depending on how they want to do it. Maybe he doesn't go home, but I I think there's going to be something that happens there because that's just what happens when you miss the playoffs. Well, and, and, and also like to, to, to a sort of like a different point, like Bradley Beal writes the obvious sort of like what's going to happen there, how much he plays or doesn't play is the, is the major impact. But like if I'm the Wizards, I think you and I talked about this a little bit earlier today, like you look at the point guard situation. OK, look, you know, obviously there's no John Wall, but Ish Smith obviously proves to be a totally solid guy and he could run the offense and do things you want. And Shabazz Napier also was a guy who proved to be pretty viable when they played him, but you know, Ish Smith, we know what he is. There's no real, there's no drama. There's no surprise there. Shabazz Napier, right. He's a free agent at the end of the year, I believe. So, you know, whatever he is, is he really coming back as the third point guard next year behind wall and Ish Smith? I mean, I doubt it, but who is coming back is Troy Brown. And don't I want to see Troy Brown in whatever, maybe the wizards don't care about him at playing point, but why logically would you not try him? some there or try him in other spots or just more importantly, like put the ball in his hands more and not just him, but also, you know, whoever else, whatever other young guys, you know, Jerome Robinson, like, don't you like, if you're the wizards, don't you want to see Troy Brown and Jerome Robinson play more than ish Smith? And so to that end, if, if that logic holds, you know, they probably won't be as efficient then. So that would help sort of the compromise, the wins and the losses while simultaneously giving them a better chance at seeing their guys to me. Now this is just my, my view. That's all I care about. I personally, you know, the, 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 the draft lottery odds are important. They, they would have the ninth best odds. And obviously, you know, we, we know that's not easy to move up. Although with the, with the new setup, it's a little bit easier to jump from nine higher up than it was previously. So that's something to consider. And I know this isn't cons- uh, be- viewed as a great draft, but that's at the tippy top. I don't necessarily know that, you know, wh- where does it flatten out a little bit? Maybe the ninth pick isn't much different than the fifth pick in some people's eyes or whatever it is. So, I, you know, I would try to keep the pick, have the young player step up, and you can do both of those things, I would think, by, you know, 
doing things like I said, like playing, like playing your veterans less. And by the way, if your young kids kill it and you make the playoffs, like that's the best case scenario. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you make it because Troy Brown and Hachi Moore and Mo Wagner are, are just doing work and the Wizards have a really tough schedule, as we know. Okay, well, that says something else. So that's not the worst case scenario. Um, worst case scenario to me is playing the vets, winning games, making the playoffs, losing the lottery pick, and not really figuring out what you have with the young guys. Yeah, I think that's that's a good point. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Making the playoffs is not – people look at this as too binary. They think it's – or not even binary. Um, too formulaic. They think of the formula. Okay, if you're not good – then you have to tank and you have to get as low a draft pick as you want. And if you're good, then you should be championship contending good. And if you're not one of those two things, then you're in the middle and that's the worst place you want to be. And that's not necessarily the truth. You want to give your young guys an opportunity to perform. And you're right. They're far out of the playoffs right now. But if your young guys come out there and you win five of eight against what's a 578 opposes opposing uh, winning percentage, which they have, and they have Milwaukee, and they have Boston, and they have other really good teams that they're going to have to beat. Oklahoma City, like, they're going to have to be good teams. And your young guys come out there, and one thing, it's been four and a half months, and I keep making this point because it is incredibly important, I think, for the perspective that fans and media and team personnel and everybody take into these final eight games in Orlando. This is not the same season as the one that was happening when the season shut down in March. It might count towards the same season. It might count towards the same standings and the same statistics and all of that. But in practice, in terms of the way human beings are operating and the way players improve and the way that people operate, all those sorts of things It is not the same season. They had four and a half months off. That is the amount of time that a conference finalist gets between seasons. This is a legitimate length offseason. If Rui Hachimura comes back and his jump shooting form is totally different, it's because he just had an offseason to work on it. And this is like not rookie Rui anymore. It's season one and a half or even season two Rui. That's what this is. If Troy Brown comes back and looks great. It's because he had four and a half months to work on his game. He had a whole offseason. Same for Jerome Robinson and same for Bonga and Thomas Bryant, Mo Wagner and, you know, all the young guys on the roster. Even if Bradley Beal comes back and has a couple new moves, same thing. Like, this is a new season. And so if you come back and you let the young guys run and all of a sudden Rui is now taking the four or five threes a game and he's hitting 36 percent of them. And Troy Brown is legitimately playing point guard. You're like, whoa, maybe Troy Brown really is just a tall point guard. Or at least Troy Brown is really capably creating and his shot looks better. And he's taking threes now, too. And Bonga gains some weight and he's guarding big wings now. And Thomas Bryant looks stronger down low and he's able to box some guys out better. And maybe his defensive awareness is a little bit better. If any of those things happen... It's probably because they just had a whole offseason to get better. And if those things all happen in conjunction or if a few or many of those things happen in conjunction or things like that, Garrison Matthews comes out and shows, oh, wow, this guy is like a real contributor. This guy could actually be a legit NBA rotation player, comes off the bench and just knocks down threes and wreaks havoc running off the ball for 18 minutes a night. You find those things out and those things help you win games 
and you happen to get into the playoffs and it hurts your draft position because now you're drafting 15th instead of somewhere around ninth. That's not the worst case scenario. That's that's still pretty good. And I think that's what the Wizards would like to happen. Ideally, I really think if you said to the Wizards like, okay, any of these scenarios can happen. What is the ideal one? I think that's what they would say. I think they would say we'd like to make the playoffs because our young guys took us there. Not necessarily we want we want to make the playoffs because Bradley Beal averages thirty five a game and we go four and four and the Nets and the Magic crap the bed and now we're there. Like I don't think that's what they want. I think they want to make the playoffs because Troy Brown is all of a sudden averaging fourteen six and six and Rui looks like a legit third option next to Wall and Beal for next year and all of those sorts of things. And 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 you're right. It is an important thing to hammer in because people think about team building in such a binary way. And I know this is very long winded, but it's just got to be hammered. It doesn't have to be so binary. We can talk about it in a more nuanced fashion. And I think that's important. I'm not predicting it'll happen. I'm just saying that we can talk about that as the best case scenario. That's OK. That is the best case scenario. Yeah, and, and I would also add, like, for the people listening to this, banging their head into the wall, going, "Yeah," but then they lose out on the on the potential draft pick and all that. They, they, they certainly, if they make the playoffs, they, obviously they would have no shot at a top three pick because just based on how the, the system works, obviously you got to be you got to you got to got to what what's the, what do they say about the the the, the real lottery? You gotta you gotta be in it to win it or whatever. Um, but on the flip side, I, this feels like it's going to be one of those draft years where who knows wh- how, what's going to shake out. There was, it was no NCAA tournament, no end of the college basketball season. The workouts, who knows how the workouts are going to be. And, and the, my point would be like, I, don't, I couldn't sit here and tell you right now. You should go maybe read uh, Sam Vicini on our, on our website about the draft class. But like the gap between – eight and 15 or eight and 20, whatever, maybe not, may, may not be so great. And the, the, the teams will not be able to hone in on it the way they have in years past. So there could be a lot more vari- variance of, of thought. So, you know, this isn't necessarily the worst year to be picking 15, but again, I'm not saying they should. I'm just saying if, if it came to that, this, I don't know if there's like the, the, the assumed death knell that we would have under normal circumstances, about a, a team that probably needs the lottery pick more than it does getting smoked in the first round of the playoffs. This wouldn't be the worst year for that either. So you factor that into, into your uh, evaluation. Yeah. Uh, anything else? I mean, let, let's actually, let's talk John Wall. Cause John Wall's not going to be in Orlando. And, uh, and, and I, I think some of Twitter, I saw some of the reaction on Twitter and, and, and quite honestly, I'm just I'm just so over Twitter, man. It's just it's an infuriating place where everyone is so angry all the time about there are lots of things to be angry about. I don't need to be angry uh, and, and witness anger about things that are not worth being angry about right now. I just don't need that in my life. I am just so unbelievably over Twitter as a as a place to to be on. And I have this moment every like six months and it's like, it's just becoming more and more extreme every time when I have this realization, it's, it's just so toxic and terrible. So maybe I shouldn't be leading this off by saying I saw on Twitter because shockingly I saw a negative reaction on Twitter and it's completely unnecessary of a few people quote tweeting the news of John Wall not coming to Orlando with the Wizards saying something along the lines of like, 
well, this isn't good. It's fine. It's fine. If you go, you read my piece that I did with John last week where I spoke to him very in-depth about uh, his rehab process. I he, he was he was describing his bone spurs to me and the length of his bone spurs and how unbelievably painful it sounded. And he was telling me about the rehab. He said he hasn't played five on five or three on three. He hasn't played basketball with or against another person since March. It's now June, by the way, and he hasn't played basketball with or against another person since March, let alone three on three or five on five, like the beginning of March, three and a half months ago. And and so Tommy said today, like the the basketball gains that John made when he was scrimmaging with the go-go and practicing with the Wizards have pretty much been wiped out. So you start him slow and you have to rebuild him back up. And it makes sense. You want to be cautious. You don't want to bring him to the bubble because that's another person in the bubble who's not going to play and doesn't necessarily need to be there. Uh, So you don't bring him there because that defeats the purpose of what the bubble is. You want to keep everybody safe. Don't bring on on, only bring necessary and essential personnel. Right. Uh, So it makes. Can I just 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 interrupt you really quick? What 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 is the counter argument to anything you've just said? I don't understand. What do people think he's going to go down there? And practice with the team, and from that he'll be great. Five months later, when the season picks up again, like I don't understand. Like, what do you like from a pure logic standpoint? If, if your options are this player that you desperately want to come back and go to the bubble, be stuck in this ridiculous scenario that almost nobody wants to be in from just a life's human standpoint, and, his, and all he would be doing at best is practicing with these guys, which, by the way, as you just said, would be massive step ups from what he'd already done previously months ago, that's insane. Or he could stay outside the bubble, live a somewhat normal life, rehab with whomever the Wizards leave behind to to help him. Which is going to be a lot of people, by the way. A lot of people. And then get ready for the season that that we that they really need him for, which doesn't even start until December or you know November if we're going to count training camp. Like the, the the insanity to think that the other is 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 even remotely reasonable? Is in uh, to your point? Is it's just it's just infuriating logic. Like I I, I was in fear. I was annoyed back when 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 the season was happening and we kept hearing you know, walls practicing and this had people asking questions about was he going to play this season i was like right, get out of here he's not playing and this is like 10 times crazier <laughs> like i don't even i literally can't even understand how it like when you said that people were mad about this and yes i get it people are mad about everything right now uh, i don't even this one i was like what how's, how's that even possible and uh, it, it it makes no sense no it makes no sense. It makes no sense, especially when you consider that John Wall is, above all else, a human being. And no human being actively wants to be there for any sort of reason other than the fact that it's good for their career. That's it. The players are going because for numerous reasons, because it it fuels their competitive fire or because they want the paycheck or because they want to win a ring or because they love basketball so much. They just want to be there. and They want to play whatever. It's because of their career. Those are all things because of their careers. If the other people who are there are going because it's part of their job, whether that's coaches, whether that's trainers, whether that's doctors, whether that's PR people. 
with that security. They're going because it's part of their jobs. That's their career. The journalists who are going, the very few journalists who are going to go are going because it's their career. No one's going because they're like, you know, it'd be fun to be locked away at Disney World every day, have stuff shoved in your nose to see if you have a uh, a virus that's part of a worldwide pandemic and uh, to ruin any kind of social life or family life that you could possibly want for the entire time that you're there. No one wants to do that. So you don't bring John Wall. We're getting real curmudgeon You can tell we're grumpy tonight. <laughs> the, the scene was angry, my friends. Um, yeah, I, I mean, look, I get it. I mean, look, I mean, I think we're all on edge every day. I mean, every time I talk to somebody and, it, you know, the first question is, how's it going? It, it leads me to like a therapy session uh, uh, as, as I go through my range of emotions that happen just within the hour to cover everything from boredom to fear to amusement to, you know, what the hell? Um, <laughs> I mean, so so I totally get it. And then obviously there's a lot of important social topics happening. And, you know, the, the fear of COVID is, is legit. I mean, at least for the people who are paying attention. Uh, so I totally get why everybody is frustrated. But like, just use your head, people. I mean, I, this is a, a semi-tangent. But one thing I've always found frustrating about working in sports as, as a reporter, but even when I was pre-doing this and just was was interested in it. I've always been interested in this stuff from more of a logic standpoint than an emotional standpoint. And I get that for fans, that's it's often the opposite. But unlike most topics in life where like, you know, I, I you can't like, you know, there was a Supreme Court decision today or, or, you know, I can't argue one way or the other per se from a law standpoint. I don't know the law. I can't argue with uh, other professions who do what they do because I don't know anything. But sports, people can think they do because in most of the things you're just declaring this team will win or that team will win and you effectively have a 50-50 shot and there and also most topics are somewhat unprovable you can't you know it just doesn't you know it's not there's not always an answer as to why you know you should have picked this guy or that guy or who's to blame or whatever and that gives people uh, an excuse to spout off and so that you put sports with people pissed off about the world <laughs> equals crazier than normal opinions uh, based on, um, on what you just said there. So, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't even know what, 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 uh, what, what else did we discuss today? But so it, it wasn't that long ago, but I already forgot what, 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 uh, what topics were. <laughs> can I, there. can I throw out a theory that I've just been wanting to, sure. to throw out there? This might be, this might be a terrible idea. This might be a horrible idea. It might, it might, it might, it might not even be a terrible idea. It might just make no sense. You know what I would do if I were the Wizards in Orlando? I So here are the Wizards' start times in Orlando. 4 p.m. This is Eastern time. 4 p.m., 2 p.m., 4 p.m., 4 p.m., 8 p.m., 12.30 p.m., and 9 p.m., and then a TBD against the Celtics. At least five of their games are 4 p.m. or earlier. That Celtics game is very possibly going to be meaningless which means because the Celtics will probably be locked into number three, the Wizards could very well be eliminated from the playoffs the last game of the season. It could very well be meaningless. If it's meaningless, that's going to be another afternoon game. There is a very realistic scenario that six of their eight games are going to be afternoon games. You know what that means? What you got? That means they're going to be playing primetime in many European countries. If I'm the Wizards, when in a time where the whole world is watching, in places where, you know, places like 
Fans in France and in Spain and in Italy have been just as starved for the NBA as us. And people are going to be wanting to watch this stuff. I would market the hell out of being like, hey, let's be Europe's team. Let's let's market the hell out of us to Europe. We're playing primetime in many European countries every night for eight games. Let's see if we can start some kind of marketing campaign for the next month being like catch the Wizards at primetime in like Spain. And I would be marketing the hell out of that because what other scenario is there for any team in the history of the league where all of your games are on a primetime in Europe? No one plays afternoon games. Maybe you play an afternoon game on a on a Sunday. Every once in a while. That's it. No one consistently plays primetime in Europe. This is my totally out there marketing theory for the Wizards. Get on it, Wizards marketing department. Become like Spain's team. Sounds like a Mickey Mouse kind of idea. Do it in Germany. Do it in Germany. You got Mo Wagner and you got Isak Bonga. Well, wait. I, I was so I was thinking about this. No, wait. What? Uh, it's too bad Bertans can't go. But wait, you can, can can I have an all Europe lineup? You have, uh, well, or at least an all international lineup. You have. Uh, you mentioned uh, Bonga and Wagner. Obviously, if you go with Mahimi, that's France. Uh, you have I mean, Ruri if you're, if you're including Japan. Do we have a guard? Uh, is there a guard there who would? I don't think they have a foreign guard. In some. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Uh... No, they wouldn't have one. You could sign one. They messed up by signing Jerry and Grant. Could have brought in. Could have brought in somebody else. By the way, you completely did not did not hear my when I said it was a Mickey Mouse idea about what you what the Wizards should do in Orlando. <laughs> I did. I just chose not to respond. Oh my God! You of all people chose not to. Uh, That—that's the level. That's the level that's of what it was at. It was—it was that terrible. No, I—I I, it might be the worst idea ever. I've cleared this with no one, by the way. This is the first time I'm telling anybody this. I've just kind of been thinking it since they released the schedule. I'm like, should I should I write this? If I write this, are the people in the comments going to be like, "What the hell is wrong with this guy?" I feel like it makes sense, right? Do it. Be Europe's team for Can you become Europe's team in eight day in eight games? Can that happen? Is it- well, so 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 to that point, right? Like, obviously, the you know all these games are. I mean, look, there's a lot of games. So to to an extent, you know, they're all gonna sort of overlap with each other. But when, you know, the daytime games, no matter what the sport, always take on a different scenario because obviously people are working throughout the day in theory. But like you know. Everybody's going to be paying attention to Twitter and, you know, and all that. If the Wizards play at the same competitive level in which they did during the regular seasons, the team that people gave no shot to do anything and they exceeded expectations, they could become the darling of this situation. I mean, obviously, Bradley Beal playing well would, would help. But even if beyond that, just, you know, everybody playing at the level. And this is one thing, you know, Tommy talked about this today, you know, from, a, you know, it's the kind of thing you expect the GM to say. But he said, you know, I forget the exact phrasing, but something like, you know, we're going to be the team that, that plays hard. We're going to be the team that does the right thing. We're going to be the cohesive team. If they actually show out like that, regardless of what they win or lose, but they're the underdog team that that, that, that is taking these better teams to the buzzer, 
like that that could benefit them on some level, whether it's Europe's team or just getting some respect. And everything will be more heightened, even if these games are sort of overlapping because there's so many. So, you know, there, there, there's some there's some logic to that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you probably have to win games in order to become Europe's team, <laughs> which which might be a little bit of a struggle. And I don't think it's happening, but maybe you can do it for the eight games in Orlando. You know, I don't know. I don't even know what the marketing would look like. Throw it out there. Do something. Wait. So wait. So let me ask you this because I've I've lost track of, of of all this. So no John Wall, no Burton. So from the fifteen man roster perspective, they with they only have thirteen. Is that right? Right. And then you got Jonathan Williams and uh, Garrison Matthews. Okay. So they have fifteen. They could have. Oh. And so, Jaron Grant. So they. So, okay, so they have 16. They could technically have 17. Right. So why aren't they getting the 17th? Because what's the point? Like, uh, I mean, I'm not saying they're definitely not going to get the 17th, but if they don't, the answer is because what's the point? Right. I mean, which I, is, I, which I is, which is perfectly fair logic. That's fine. I, I, I guess. Uh, I mean, I, I'm just always the, the belief that you take advantage of every opportunity you can. I think Tommy Shepard did a pretty good job of that this this year, um, you know, more so than they did in, in the previous few years. Uh, so, you know, I guess I would just look at it like, hey, I don't, you know, I mean, again, I don't know what the cost is per se, but like, you know, uh, you know unless you're telling me having player X under contract for eight games and whatever else counts, practices or whatever, I don't know. I would just, I'd want to, I'd just bring somebody in. Um, you could. You know, I mean, the different, like the kid. difference is that like, it gives you no advantage to have that guy for the following season. You have no, sure. you have no I free mean, agency rights on that guy. You cannot sign a player for anything beyond the 2019, 20 season. You get, you get no advantages from bringing somebody in. If he absolutely balls out and he plays great, you either got to pay him or he walks, which is the same thing as if he balls out for anybody else. So, I mean, look, I, I don't know how well a guy would have to play to be unsigned right now and yet to play so amazingly. You have to give him more than the minimum anyway. But I just don't – you're probably not finding anybody so consequential. And even if you do find somebody so consequential, uh, he's probably not – you're, you, that the fact that you have him now is not going to make a difference on having him next year. Uh, sure, but I mean, you know, I I was one. I mean, I you know, Gary Payton was like a random guy who had bounced around the league, was in the G League right before the Wizards brought him in. He's now considered to be somebody who's so interesting defensively that it seems like conceivable to think he has a role with his team next year. All I'm saying is that, like, you you bring some guy in who's currently in the G League who has some traits you think are interesting. Whether he plays one minute or not, you get a longer look, and then maybe next year he's one of your two-way guys because uh, obviously Jonathan Williams wouldn't be, and Garrison Matthews might be on the roster. That's all. I mean, that's all I'm saying. Like, it's it's not. I, I I'm 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 absolutely cool working the 15th man two-way player margins because this is this is what this opportunity this is what it's all about, but. Like I said, I don't know what the cost is, and, and by the way, also like if if they're going to rest guys as we're discussing, then hypothetically you might need players. Yeah, that's all fair. Man, you are more obsessed with the seventeenth man than any human being who has ever been put on the face of any planet. 
hundred percent. That's 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 if I if I ever uh, if I ever have to go out on my own or start a podcast, I'll just be the seventeenth man. That'll be my. That would uh, be a good. That would be a good name for it. Honestly, that's a good name for a podcast. I could do that. I could buy into that. Uh, by the way, even though Bertans is not playing, you could still be Latvia's team and just be like, you know what, we're playing Pasternak's heavy minutes, and that's it. We're we're gonna be we're gonna be the Latvian and the German team. And that's gonna be it. Jan Mahimi is a is a part owner of a second division team in France. He's already got the hookup with French basketball. Make it happen. Bring in those French fans. Make it happen. Uh, anything else before we go, Ben? No, I guess I would just say on some note that has nothing to do with like the future of the Washington Wizards. Today, you know, getting the opportunity to talk to, to Tommy Shepard in particular, for me personally, was a good day. I mean, just simply like the idea of, of having a conversation or listening to people talk about basketball and, and not talk about politics, not talk about, uh, well, we were talking about, you know, the virus to a degree in the sense of how the NBA is going to deal with it and how the Wizards are handling it and things like that. But just to sort of have any sense of normalcy and like, you know, seeing who was on the Zoom call, you were on the call, a bunch of our colleagues we're on the call. I mean, honestly, just like the, 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 these moments where, you know, are, 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 are something I would have like completely ignored, you know, not cared about, you know, I would have dismissed half the people on the call for whatever the reason, uh, you know, maybe even, you know, who, who knows. Uh, but now I'm just like, oh, my God, so great to see these people. It's 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 cherished time that before I definitely would not have appreciated, and I'm just it was like, it was happy to have any kind of normalcy today, even if it was, you know, relatively speaking, incredibly minor in the grand world of sports returning. The idea of what the Wizards are going to do, but I enjoyed it. It was nice. It's nice to be able to do our jobs, and and Scott Brooks is doing a press conference tomorrow. And then some players are going to be doing some stuff. This is all over Zoom, obviously, with them them coming back to stuff and us still sitting in our homes covering stuff remotely. We got you covered at Wizards After Dark. We got you covered over at The Athletic. I'm going to have a story up in the morning reacting to some stuff that Tommy Shepard and Dan Medina said during their press conference today. That's going to be up on Tuesday morning. I think this podcast will go up at some point on Tuesday morning also. I'm not sure what will be out first. I imagine they'll be out around the same time so you can uh, go check that out on the athletic dc uh if you are not a subscriber to the athletic and you want to read it i had some stories out last week i had a story on talking to john wall and about his rehab and how that's been going for him and what he's been doing to stay in shape and the last time he played and talked to him about the details of his recovery and all that kind of stuff. And John was super open. You can check that out over at The Athletic DC. If you want, you can check out that link and there's a 30-day free trial in there. You can also go to theathletic.com slash wizards after dark and you can get 40% off on everything at The Athletic. That's full access to The Athletic, not just Wizards coverage, but Ben's coverage of the NFL and you can get all other NFL coverage and you can get MLB and everything else that we cover and all of our NBA stuff, of course, along with all the writers that we have over at the DC site. And you can get uh, a full annual subscription for 40% off that comes out to $36 for the year at theathletic.com slash wizards after dark. Also, go ahead and check out we had a we had a series of music related stories 
at The Athletic, and I did something on why the Wizards named their G League team the Go-Go, and I was really excited to put that together, and it was a fun process. So go check that out. A lot of, a lot about the history of Go-Go in D.C. and why the Wizards found it important and kind of why they're trying to keep Go-Go thriving in, in D.C. And, and how they feel like monumental who owns the wizards how how they feel like they almost have a responsibility now to raise awareness for go-go and and not just the music but also the culture now they've named their g league team the capital city go-go uh so check that out subscribe to wizards after dark if you're not a subscriber if you enjoy the show head on to itunes you can give us a five-star review you can uh a five-star rating you can give us a nice review that always helps a lot more than you might think uh i might be back later this week but more likely i'll be back at some point next week for a new episode of Wizards After Dark. I will talk to you guys then.